This is the EWN Podcast Network. Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the eWomen Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and join our Speakers Network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. Go to eWomenNetwork.com. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. so excited to introduce all of you to my good friend, Udana, Udana Power. And first of all, Udana, I just want to tell them how I met you. So we met at a, a convention, a business convention, and you were singing to this group, this team of people that were listening. And I was so intrigued because I love music. I love musical theater. And you had written new lyrics to familiar tunes, which really lights my fire and I'm like I like this woman your energy just like it was dark outside but I swear there was a glow around you that's how I met you Donna Power and then we met again at a a retreat um, called Bliss um, Find Your Bliss in here in St. George where I live and I just fell more and more in love with the power of you Donna Power I didn't understand or know who you Donna Power was until later um, and I was like I'm friends with her. I was like, oh, anyway, so not only are you like, you touch me from the inside, but then all of this, this amazingness that came out, I'm like, oh my goodness, it just elevated me on so many levels. So I'm so excited to have you um, here. Not just, not because of the, the, you know, the titles or the, or all of the things that you've done necessarily, but just because you've proven to me that someone who's so real can pretty much have do and be whatever you choose and and that's been really inspirational for me on a lot in a lot of ways and so I just wanted to thank you first off for how you've touched my life you're just beautiful so from here I'm going to read some from your bio so that people can know if they don't already know who you Donna Power is um who she is so she started on Broadway and I'll let you tell us more about that if you want and in TV opposite of Katherine Hepburn Bill Shatner, Henry Winkler, Ron Howard, Willie Crystal, Suzanne Summers, and more. And that was the first thing when I clicked on the link on your Facebook bio, bio of one of my favorite Happy Days episodes <laughs> and remembered watching you and going, that was you, Donna. I was just like, that's when I was starstruck, but I didn't have to be because I already knew you. So I was just <laughs> by that. <laughs> but you also said you've always had a, a desire to really know how life works, which I connect with. That's 
one of my passions. And you began your real journey into self-discovery when you traveled to, I can't pronounce these, so India. Yeah, to Pune. Pune, India. But there's, you went to meet Osho, who is, a, is he must be a guru. He was a guru. His name was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, and then he had changed his name to Osho later, and yeah. he's gone. He left the body. So, but it's, you can see him all over the internet now. He said he's going to be okay. more famous later. It'll be easier not to be close to a guru. Anyway. <laughs> right. His remarkable. It's just remarkable. Thank you for pronouncing his name again. Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. Rajneesh? Yeah, but it's really called Osho now. So people Osho. Call, yeah, O-S-H-O. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm fascinated with language, and so I was like, I wanted you to pronounce that. It's beautiful. Thank um, you. On top of that, she's written 11 screenplays, one play, and several books. And the one that you're just completing now is Manifest Miracles, a practical guide to the inner dynamics you need to know. So at the end, I would love for you to um, tell people how they can find those books. Um, She's a million-dollar earner in a network marketing company. She's a founding investor, fundraiser, and strategic partner in, is it Musit? M-U-Z-I-T, yes, uh uh-huh. It's a digital marketing platform that was created by artists for artists to save the music industry, which is fantastic. It has yeah. now grown into much more and is poised to be one of the largest big data companies in the world. Musit has been featured in Forbes magazine and many other news outlets. And it, I think I remember you telling me that now, but I, I'd forgotten. So that was fun to read. Celebrates the juiciness of ordinary moments, and that's what first tapped me into you, Donna. Bursts into song unexpectedly, dances at midnight, and frequently exclaims, wow, that was wonderful. What's next? I think I've heard that. <laughs> um, Yudana's favorite quote is, to, to be creative, one must become one with creation. That's by Osho. And one more by Osho that she lives by is become the loving and don't get stuck on particulars. And both of those are part of my daily mantra as well so see that's why we connect on so many levels so Yudana is there anything you want to say about any of that or introduce yourself further before we well I just it's been a big adventure and I just respect I think we are these vast souls on a spirit on a physical journey and our spiritual connection is all different and unique for all of us so however we do it I mean I still sang in Della Reese's choir here for five years because Mm -hmm. The ecstasy was so spectacular and learning to use these bodies and our minds to contribute more like your husband said on a call this morning or the other day, bringing heaven to earth. That's what we're, that's what we're supposed to do. And for me, heaven is joy and laughter and celebrating and being creative. And so that's yeah. And using our bodies as a tool to do that, which for 40 Five years of my, well, probably 41 years of my life, I used my body. I actually wanted to be separate from my body because it felt like a trap, like a container. And it is a container for my spirit. But when we can learn to use the two together, it actually can become such a tool for using that spirit to be all it's meant to be. So I've changed my tune, and it's people like you that have helped me done that, do that, that have helped me do that. So anyway, thanks again. So Really quick, I have to take a quick pause for a commercial, then I want to come back with some questions for you. 
Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. All right. So my first question to you, Donna, is um, how did you find the acting and music and all of that? How did that become a part of your, either your purpose or your passion or a pathway to those? Um, if, if they aren't your end, I'll do all purpose and passion, but I feel like they were a pathway to that at least. Is that, am I correct in that or? saying it you're articulating it really well i always excuse me this is my cat but he needs to be here and he's okay he's He's adorable he's a he's a welcome part of the interview yes (laughs) take care of families up and down the hall up and down the street he's really wonderful i know i don't remember ever not wanting to be an actress i always had the need I thought that was the end all i saw i remember as a little little girl seeing someone a movie star somewhere or she was you know had, had lights and camera and music and action and I said I want to be a radiant being like that with all the lights turned on inside also but also I had a gift for it but I didn't have any emotional outlet in my home we were not allowed to feel things I was not allowed to have the temper I just had to be nice mm-hmm. and so I had an inclination to it but when I would get on stage I could let it all out I had a place to and it was like I could come alive. It, it's to me always, even when I was little, it was an empty stage was like a cathedral. The cat turned that on, huh? <laughs> on the iPhone and Siri. That is awesome. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, so I always felt like it is where life comes to alive. And my experience of being in theater, and, and yeah, I, I started on Broadway opposite Catherine Hepburn and did a lot of theater in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, some regional theater. And it was always this, it's a continuum of, of it's a, for me, it's a spiritual experience because it's, and it's also very much in my body. So I always had to do that. So to become a searcher and needing to know what was beyond that, was um, an ongoing discovery. It's, it's hard to articulate, but I never wanted to be anything else, and it just fit. And then when I – I used to do a lot of journaling as a kid, and I would write with capital letters. I would have God and creation and art and love and nature and sex and all these things that were like <gasps> – and um, I, when I – I actually started going to lots of different churches and temples and meditation centers as, as a teenager just to find what I was looking for because I had some spontaneous spiritual experiences that were so at one that I had to find it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that you get a little taste of it and then you have to find it. And then, so when I found um, this wild crazy guru who believed in creativity and celebration and love and everybody's always happy you know and having a good time I started reading him and I went oh my god 
it started awakening that in me for good. So that fed my acting and, and I started writing at that point. And when I started writing, I figured, oh, I could act all the roles in the middle of the night. And nobody. <laughs> so it all came to, it's about really loving life so much. I don't, that's all. I hope I have been kind of articulate. But. You've been um, articulate and you've sparked a ton of questions in my mind. So my first question from that is, um, because, you know, he was all about happiness and finding happiness and all of that. And that's so important. But I know enough about you to know that that doesn't mean that you haven't experienced sorrow. I mean, because the full spectrum of human emotion and human life is really where the magic is. So I don't think that you've ever shut off the sorrow. I'm pretty sure you've experienced sorrow. And so um, in experiencing that, do you feel like that that's expanded your ability to experience the joy and the happiness and then how do you switch or do you have a, a way of switching from sorrow to happiness and getting back into that magic well see here's the beauty of it he didn't say just be happy all the time nice celebrate life be alive all of life or by the buddha so i've had i've had i've lived with a lot of grief you know ongoing grief and stuff yeah. you know from yeah He's like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> you know, um, but um, he said, without sadness, happiness can get really tinny and shallow. The sadness deepens it. And there's a poet by the name of Rumi, R-U-M-I, and he said, the cracks in our heart is where the it, that is what lets the light in. So we're these human beings. We live in a world of a physical world of yin and yang, yes and no. Everything's duality down here, black, white, male, female, mm-hmm. you know, ACDC, whatever it is, it's all duality. So if we disinclude one part of the spectrum, we're like a flat tire going down the road. It's never, it's harmony. So we just have to allow it all. And when you hit something that's really difficult, instead of press it down, just move into it and look at it, celebrate it, let it come out because ultimately it'll come out and, and you get to move through it. The way out is through. Yes. Yes. I was taught that probably 12 years ago and I cognitively understood it, but I wasn't able to assimilate it into my subconscious or into my being. And um, I had lived a pretty capable life. I had learned really early on that if you know, if you don't do it well, just don't do that thing. And then you're always successful and you're already always comfortable. You always know you're going to show up as, you know, someone that people will like or whatever. And because of that, I learned to shut off um, pain a lot. And I learned to shut off negative stuff. I mean, I knew it existed, but I just didn't allow myself to feel it, which in as a result, I also disallowed myself from feeling much joy. In fact, there are so many times that I can name some of them are way more personal than I than I want to share, but um, I always equate it to skiing. And the feeling of skiing downhill, even just the bunny hill, was such a big feeling for me. And I didn't know how to feel that because I didn't feel the sorrow. So I wouldn't, I still won't, for different reasons, ski. I just wouldn't. I sat down on my skis and I slowly went down and I never went up again because I wasn't out, uh, able to feel that feeling. It was too big. So yeah. my question for you, because I've changed that I, I finally learned that 
vulnerability, which was a word I was like, no, 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 don't say the word. I don't want to know what it means. Don't talk to me about vulnerability. And then I was almost forced into it. And I felt the life come into me because I was vulnerable. I, I ended up being snot tears on the floor more than once in front of people, just like bawling. They saw my imperfections, you know, and part of that has to do with acting, which I may or may not explain later, but I, I, um, I felt that and I've, I've now vulnerability is my platform. It's like my passion. I love it. My question for you is, did you always know how to tap into that? Was it just something that you intuitively leaned into? Did you feel like you needed permission to allow yourself to be the actress that you always wanted to be as a child? Or was it through your guru, Osho? Or how did you, how did you find the permission to just be that and to do that? Or, yeah. That's a really amazing question. It's really important. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't have any permission to do that. And I was really, I had to act. And I actually started dancing lessons when I could afford to pay for my own dancing lessons. And I started acting lessons when I could pay for, you know, I had, you know, everybody was trying to stop me. So I had to do it and I did it, but I didn't, I couldn't be that in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just a nice little girl, you know, Oh, nice. You know, because that's what I learned and that's what we were supposed to do. So I didn't, I could, couldn't even go on a dance floor and start dancing crazy. I could dance in ballet or I could dance in modern or do that stuff, but I couldn't get out in the world and dance until I got to these wild and crazy meditations. Jennifer Lancaster was talking about it on my call. I said, Jennifer, she had to get in touch with some emotional stuff. And there's just some, this uh, hour-long meditation that Osho invented called Kundalini. And it's about dancing and singing and gibberish. And blah, 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 blah. I've Googled that. And you blow it all off. And I remember going into groups and doing that. I did it every day for seven years. But I would go into groups and do it in groups. And I remember sobbing and the tears running down my and the mascara down my chest. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, I'm going to die of sobbing. <laughs> the well of it's going to keep going. And, and then maybe it'll end by the end or else I'll die. You know, literally. And then, uh, I don't know, by the end it would just all somehow oh and it would relieve it would relieve a lot of that stuff that had been pressed down and that's when I started getting loose wow so when I got looser and better in my right and, and acting and singing and then when I started writing that was a panic because I I found out that finding your own voice I wanted to be good I wanted to be right I wanted everybody to like it and it was very difficult to just because I didn't want to tell the truth. I didn't know how to tell the truth and just how to mm. be there because I had so much invested in being, you know, just, yeah, and it wasn't, it's, but I think we all do at some level, yeah. you know, and we're still, still working through stuff. Can I actually write that? Can I actually say that? You know, and, and I'm at an age in life where it says, you know, now's the time to say it because <laughs> you got some more years here. But <laughs> But you can get old enough and then you can say whatever you want. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's a balance. Yeah. It's something we grow into ourselves. We get to adventure into ourselves. That is beautiful and that's so exciting. And, you know, I would always hear, you know, the 40s are when you start to really connect to yourself. And I'm like, why do we have to be 40 when life's almost over? And now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, life's not almost over. Like, I feel like a baby still and it's all beginning. And I do love 
this new connection to me. And I love watching you and seeing that there's so much more possibility. And I loved hearing about your dance being a big um, permission giver, a big opener, because that's what it's been for me. Honestly, I would go to these retreats and to different company things and everyone was like, dance. And I, I have rhythm and I can, I can follow someone and I can do the steps, but I could not move my body. So I remember one time in particular, I was at a retreat with, you know, you know, David Wood, right? Of course. My, my coach. And um, I was there with him and a, a woman named Sandra Yancey. And we were going to do this art activity, which I'm like, okay, I'm good at art. I can do this. <laughs> and it, but first we're going to turn the lights down. Everyone just close your eyes, pretend you're alone and move to the music. And I could not move. I was paralyzed. I wasn't. So I understood when you were talking about crying, you know, to Kundalini. But I, at that point, I was not even able, I couldn't do it through the whole song. I just stood there and cried the whole time. I didn't move, not one bit. And I, <laughs> that was where I was, the paralyzation. And now just recently, last December, so it's almost been a year um, I started locking myself in my basement and making myself move. First, it was three songs just moving, and then I realized I needed someone to follow because I didn't know what to do. So then I got this um, online dance group that I'm a part of now, and now I dance. Like this morning, I danced an hour, and I sweat, and I was breathing hard, and it was so much fun. And that has been transformational for me. I've had an amazing last five years, but this last year in particular has been so powerful and I know it has a lot to do with me finally allowing myself to move my body and to dance so I love hearing that from you and I don't think you knew that part of my story so just that to me brings truth to it there's something about it have you ever done modern dance have you ever gone into class and done modern dance or no I haven't been to a class but I've done my downstairs thing and I watch my daughters do modern dance and it's beautiful like it makes me cry and I, I we both know um, Rhonda Collier also, and she's invited me to do ecstatic dance with her sometime, which scares me, but I know I'll do it sometime <laughs> just because that's who I am now. I just do things. Um, but I, I love that you shared that because to me, it's, it speaks truth. When more than one person shares the same or similar experience or aha, there's got to be truth to it. So dance is powerful. I would have fought you on that a year, a little more than a year ago. I had to stood up face to face, fist to fist and fought you. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I also wanted to ask you because about your little statement of, it's not a little statement, it's a massive statement, celebrating the juiciness of ordinary moments. Yeah. Um, I was a part of a, another training, I'm big into training, <laughs> um, where they challenge us to find the stories in our moments of every day instead of looking backward in our life to tell our stories, to create stories. And so it was forcing us to be in the moment. And so I started this little thing um, called 100 Days of Laughter, which really helped me to tap into the juiciness of ordinary moments, which is another life-changing moment for me. So I would love for you to talk about that. Like, what does that mean? How do you do it? And, um, yeah, how does it power your life? Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> wow. Um. I don't know. It's gotten to be kind of a habit. Like Josh, my sweetie says, you know, let people laugh. He says, yeah, you're a really cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I only want your soul. <laughs> no, I mean, we just laugh and we giggle. It's just um, because it's the, it's, uh, what I found out, and uh, just so you know, you're young. You're, you're 40, you're young, you have a lot to go. Yeah. And I have a lot to go, and I'm going to be 73 in, in, in November, so another month and a few days. Yeah, you have a lot to go. I have a lot to go. I know. A lot to complete, and thank God that I yes. have. 
know, health and we've got, you know, nutrition and all that stuff that we can, and this kind of work to open us up. But I just want you to know your life is just beginning and you have so much to give. I feel that now. I think it's, you know, they talk about, see, they talk about living in the present and then we try to figure it out. But it's not about that. It's about being in the present and then just having it be juicy, you know, like my cat's asleep on the desk. <laughs> I don't know. It's just about being so, not at cause, but being so, because we are these vast souls in a spiritual body, and most of the time we're so focused out here about what people think and where they're going to do, and it's, there's so much confusion out there, which is the way life is, that we get overwhelmed and we implode. And then we go, oh, what will I do? What do I do then? Instead of realizing that we're these vast souls, we're connected to, we're blooming. We're connected to source. I cut my finger. I put the lavender oil or methylate or something on it. It's not the lavender oil that heals it. It's my cre- creative, whatever it is. I call it the law of blooming. It's coming up that heals this. Mm. So this is what we have access to all the time. And that we can create within the world. We can be at cause. And I was reading Wayne Dyer and listening to him over and over again with Wishes Fulfilled. That's something that we're doing for Follow Your Bliss the weekend. And, mm-hmm. and I realized, he says, we can be outer directed or inner subjective or objective. And the point is, is to be subjective in terms of giving our point of view to life first and not being overwhelmed by everyone else's point of view. So what does that have to do with living in the moment and enjoying ordinary things? Once you, re- once you start experiencing that even a little bit, it just becomes, oh, oh, my God, it's a playground. And you can enjoy smelling a rose and at a level that you go, oh, my gosh, this is, how did that happen? It's a miracle. And how does the perfume happen? And you just become... Life becomes something else when we're just fending off all the situations that are causing confusion rather than bringing peace to it, bringing clarity, bringing some kind of harmony as best we can to what's going on. It felt like as you were describing smelling that rose, like an element of gratitude that can bring that peace and harmony, just feeling grateful for every little thing, every little moment. And it's juicy, you know, mm, eating a hamburger. It's just juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Three bites. They're like, oh, my gosh. But normally mm. we skip over all of that because we're worried, oh, I shouldn't be eating it. I should be eating it. Well, maybe I won't eat anything else. Well, I better eat it all now because then I won't be able to finish it later. And this is the last hamburger I'm ever going to have. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's getting very present and just juicy. And, and even it. loving someone. Even loving someone, just say, because we all, here, this is really important. We all wait for somebody to love us before we love them. Mm. Well, if they love me, then I'll love them. Well, if he buys me a house, then I'll love him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I do that a lot here in Hollywood. But instead of saying, wow, well, I, it occurred to me one day, I was thinking, wow, wait a minute. I'm waiting for them to love me before I love them and say, and I think, wow, what if somebody's got to go first? What if I make that a principle in my life or a Mm. protocol? I'll just love first and see what happens. Wow. And then you find out that that's the miracle. That's the miracle. The loving is the miracle. 
and it brings you, and it's the gratitude, the loving, the juice. I mean, you know, it, it's not the awards and all that stuff. It's just the miracle. I don't know. The moment, yeah. That just right there, that quote you live by, you really do become the loving. Become the loving. That's it, yeah. And it's easier said than done. And it's so possible at the same time. And it, by not getting stuck on the particulars, which is the rest of that quote, yeah. and just focusing on the love is a big secret of that, I've found. Yeah. yeah. A long time ago, there were things that were told to me 40 years ago, 40 years ago, that were, I lived into the understanding of them. Mm. One of them was, I used to study pantomime, modern dance, and then pantomime with a French woman by the name of Chuki Mate. And Chuki, talked about your heel, your heel, and your elbow, and your, or your elbow, and your elbow, and your heel. I don't know. She, was, she had this <laughs> long French accent. And yeah. she studied with, you know, major, you know, modern dance. But she also, in France, and was when Maurice Savage, not Maurice Chevalier, um, Marcel Marceau would come mm. to Los Angeles we would all go see him and then go to the bar next door and hang out and listen to, you know, his, them talk. And she had been backstage when, do you know who Edith Piaf is? You know, the Yeah, scene. I've heard the name and that sounds familiar, yeah. And her pictures are always like this, you know. Yeah. And anyway, she, or the, the, uh, she was just amazing singer with a huge following and she had a full house and Chuki was backstage with her and um they all were studying with Jean-Louis uh Jean-Louis Barreau he was like pantomime but yeah that was what it was anyway she was backstage and she told me this and it took me time it literally took me decades to keep living into it she said somebody said to her aren't you excited there's a full house everybody's out there she says I don't care all I want to know is, can I love them enough? <gasps> wow. And I, I, I thought, oh, my God, what is that? Wow. Oh, my God. So can I love them enough? Wow. Yeah, I have them too. Yeah. It's amazing. So, I love living into that. I love that statement. And that really is, you know, baby steps, allowing it to sink in instead of blocking it and then stepping gradually into it until it becomes a part of who I am becomes moves from head knowledge to heart knowledge is the way I like to say it and then it then I live into it and I'm like oh that's what they meant you know but you can't just know it without practicing it and and planting the seed and watching it grow but you have to nourish it give it the sun give it the water pull the weeds all those weeds your body I mean you're dancing getting it into your body yeah. So now I do pole dancing. <laughs> I know. You're like, you? I know. It's brand new. I'm beginning. It's a beginner thing for me, but I am so surprised at how much I love it. And I did it on a dare. I did it on a challenge because so many people said to me, you should try pole dancing. I'm finally like, okay, I'll try it so you can all just shut up. And then I'm like, wow, how come I like this? <laughs> so that's what I'm living into right now is figuring out why I like it, but I really do. Because oh, it engages all of your energies. Yeah, it's a connection to a lot of things that freak me out. <laughs> but it's good. Atonement, but you know, atonement means at one month. Yes. Yeah. 
God, all your sensual energies too. Oh my God. All of that. So it's crazy, but it's fun. And that's living into that statement that I've heard for years. Now I'm living into it. Like, okay, why are they suggesting it? I either am going to prove them wrong and tell them to be quiet or maybe I'll find something and I'm finding something. So it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's a little, it's not even a secret anymore. It's all over Facebook. It's all over face or Instagram. So anyway, um, yeah. So hmm. <laughs> now back to the subject. Um, <laughs> you had said to me, I have just one little last thing I want to hear from you. And then I have a question. Yeah. That I'm asking all of my guests. Um, you had said something before we started recording about that aha you had about ordinary, celebrating the juiciness of ordinary moments. So do you want to tell us about that moment? And then I'll ask you my final question. I think you said you were writing a book and you were Oh, in I mean, And you know what? I started to be the franchise and then it was about really about uh, – about this, you know, network marketing, which is a spectacular, mm. spectacular way to create wealth. Yes. Also a spectacular way. I mean, it's just, and people don't understand it really. So that was what I was going to write because about the franchise. And then it turned out, I started writing it and it morphed into something else. So that became about really manifesting miracles. And, mm. and it's just about the inner dynamics of creating what you want to create in your life. Because it's more than just the law of attraction. There's other things that are involved, yes. like undoing the stops inside and the energy stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but once you get the hang of it, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, the things that show up are just shocking, actually. Right. But yes. it just, there's wow. a way to do it, and you have to just do a little bit every day and keep your mind on it. But anyway, so um, ordinary moments. What did I say before? I don't know. It's just that you sat down to write and you didn't dare write truth or you were blocked. And then you had this meditation time where you had this aha or just write about the ordinary oh, moments or something. That was, okay. That was just before we, okay. Yeah. Just before I was, we recorded. I didn't start writing. It didn't even occur to me to be a writer. I was an actress. Give me the words. Let me do it. And I'll just do it. But to be a writer, that was so far off the map that I, that was, so when I started meditating with all this, I started writing and it was, I was, when I found out I had writer's block and part of it was that I was afraid to tell the truth because in our, my family dynamic, nobody ever told the truth. Everybody was just nice, mm. you know, or not nice, but I didn't have a sense. I couldn't, I didn't have room to have a temper or, you know, I didn't have room to, to, to express myself genuinely just to be nice so as I got acting I was able to have a release for all of that be able to put it into all of that and when I started writing I was I found myself well journaling was good I could journal but to write something that maybe somebody else would look at mm -hmm. was becoming so one day I was trying to get through that and I sat down and I meditated I thought what's going on what's the dynamic here because if I want to write, if something's pushing me to write and I keep stopping myself, that's pretty, that's a pretty hard place to be. Mm -hmm. and, um, got, well, the problem is I'm trying to be good. I don't want to be bad. I'm concerned about what people will think and I want them to like me, but I have no idea who they are or what they like. And, but I want to 
fit in rather than just belong in the world. That's a big problem. People got to fit in rather than belong. And so I sat down and remember sitting at this place and just meditating, meditating, and I said, well, why don't you just aim for ordinary? And I went, mm. aim for ordinary? And so I got up and I sat down on my typewriter and I thought, well, I think I'll just aim for ordinary and be all here. So I aimed for ordinary. I still go back and read it. It's a little, it's a little like an hour play with that involves four people in it. I still laugh. I still laugh because it has such a flow to it. And I went, aiming for ordinary means that I don't cut off parts of myself in order to fit in and look good. It means that I'm celebrating what comes to me. I'm just taking dictation about what's when I when I do the best writing is when I go down into the world and I start just taking dictation and just it flows out onto the page. So it's not really me. But aiming for ordinary is so extraordinary because nobody ever does it. Mm -hmm. Aim for ordinary. Aim for just wow. being all there with who you are it is such a restful peaceful stable place and we never do it because we're so conditioned to think oh but i should do that i should be that is it well i shouldn't say that i shouldn't feel that yeah uh, you know yeah aim for ordinary and it turns out to be such a as a silly uh expression a silly and here's the other button fall on your face a lot enjoy it yeah. Enjoy it. Aim for ordinary. And uh, somebody told me this. They had these things, th these little bean bags. He said, you want to know how to juggle? Yeah. I had, a, I had a friend who would, I got up in the morning. We were, this is man I was dating. And he was an actor and a writer. And I got in the morning. He's in the kitchen juggling oranges. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Turns out he had been a clown in uh, the Barnum and Bailey Red. They had a Barnum and Bailey Red and a Barnum and Bailey Blue. And mm -hmm. so he says, you want to know how to juggle? I said, yeah, show me how to juggle. Here's, here's how you start. You throw everything up in the air, and you watch it fall on the ground. You go, oh, what fun. <laughs> I could do that. I think yeah. Yeah, at least that much. <laughs> anyway, so wow. aim for ordinary. Aim for just being all there. And it's very daring. It's like mm -hmm. taking all your clothes off at a party, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and just standing there. Right. You know, it's like, What? That's become a metaphor for me so much too. Like I might, I see a, a counselor um, sometimes and he'll say, you know, when you feel like you can take all of your clothes off and still be fine, then we know that you've found yourself. And I'm like, oh, you know, but it's, that's really what it is. Exactly. Metaphorically, at least. Yes. I used to have, that was a recurring dream I had that I was at party and all of a sudden I didn't have any clothes on and everybody else was dressed and I'm like, uh -huh. and then I got... I was really, I think I was just embarrassed to be there. That's I was embarrassed common. to be there. It's common mm -hmm. because there's so much that is um, where it is expected of, especially women socially. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that except it's all beautiful. It is all beautiful. As I listened to you share that last little bit about the ordinary and how you said that's where the extraordinary is, you know, that's really, you know, I told you, you know, all those vulnerable, vulnerable moments that I was forced to have. And then my husband asked me to join him on his podcast. And I'm like, but nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And he's just, just get on and say. And it was when I allowed, because I'm like, I'm not going to tell him that. I'm not going to tell them that. And it would just come out. And I would tell him the silliest little stories about my journey, like when I was so afraid to wear my hair up, for example. 
And when I told the story about that, I had more messages and more comments from people than anything else I'd ever said up to that point because I was being ordinary and I was sharing this silly little story that I didn't think anybody cared about, but that was the story that connected me to people, which was so extraordinary because we all are just looking to be somebody. One of the two basic human emotional needs is to know that we matter. And the other one is to know that we lo- that we're loved and that we belong and we have to matter to ourselves. And when we tap into that, then we let ourselves be who we are and we realize how extraordinary our ordinariness is. So I love that. I love everything that you shared. I'm sitting here like almost bawling by listening to you because it's so real for me. And that's part of what I do. My whole voice modality is, you know, tapping into the value of who you are. That's the first step. Yeah. And then the last step is expression. But none of it's, it doesn't start from B and go to E. It all works together. And I had to start from action and go backward, you know. So, but it's, um, you know, tapping into the value of who you are and then allowing yourself to be that. Those are the foundational pieces to really knowing who you are and being able to speak your voice. And that is everything that you shared with us today has to do with that. Everything. And so it's been the most beautiful interview. I thank you so much. So I have a question, but I, I now I have another question because as you're talking also, I'm sitting here thinking about your song, I, I Hate to Be Me. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, why didn't we prepare for you to sing that for us? So I don't know if you want to just sing a cappella or if you would mind otherwise if I attached your song to the end of this interview or something, but people need to hear that song. It seriously, I love it so much. Well, there's an old song. It was a Sammy Davis song. Do you remember that song? It's really before your time called I Gotta Be Me. I Gotta Be Me. Why? You know, you know, remember that song? I think that's why it sounded familiar because I always have listened to, you know, music that was before my time, but I didn't know it, where it came from. But now it's like, oh, yeah. It was a really famous song and everybody would go in auditions. I Gotta Be Me and sing this. So one day I was sitting down thinking, I swear to God, it just it just dictated itself into my ears and I wrote it down. And it was like the, some of our self-talk that we have. Yes. And, and I was talking, I was thinking about being, it was being a woman and it, it started with whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong. I always get the awful feeling that I don't belong. I hate to be me. I hate to be me. Why can't I be somebody else? I'd like to be Meryl or even Madonna. But I wouldn't trade with, with Rihanna. Oh, I wouldn't trade with, I, it used to be Roxanne with even she'd wanna. But it's now it's, I, I wouldn't make Kylie Jenner, no, what is it, Dave, what's his name, Jenner. If even she'd wanna, I wanna be free to choose and to be the perfect p- person who's not any worse than my stupid old self. I wanna be rich and love my life fans and thought very well of by historians. But by then I'd be dead. I wouldn't know what they said. I'd rather be slandered by TMZ instead. And it goes on. It goes on. These are the kind of thoughts so we have. Good. They are. That's why the, every time you sing it, I have goosebumps all over from head to toe. But it's because when you were you're singing my chatter, you were singing all of my chatter. And at the very end is like, just sing the last little bit if you can, if you can go to the end. But I love it. Um, let me say, because I, I, I want to be rich. Oh, my God. I wasn't prepared <laughs> Because if I'm not going to be me, then who's going to be me? Yeah. And And all those other people, then who's going to be me? It's like this aha of like, wait, and I'm not, I won't exist if I'm not me. That's kind of the aha I have. And I'm like, whoa. If I'm not going to be me, then who is going to be me? I want to sing it sometime. Yes, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for doing that. I may still find the recording that I have and and tag it to the end because it's just 
It's I, brilliant. I send you the link. Thank you so much. Yeah, I did it. And everybody was so surprised. It was yeah. very serious. I, I started very serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it starts. In the, yeah, seriously, you have to see you perform it to really get the gist. But anyway, it's, it's brilliant. Um, so before we close, I ask everybody, because I am convinced that there is way more good news in the world than bad news. It's just the yeah. bad news speaks up a lot louder. And I want to give a voice to good news. And so I want to ask you in your life, share some good news with us, something that maybe no one else knows about or something, whether it's something you've observed or something you've lived, but just give us some good news from your corner of the world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've got a lot of good news. I mean, yeah. it's just, I'm having a wonderful time. Here's good news. It gets better. Life gets better. I want to talk to women. I want to talk to men. Life gets better as you get older. Stay healthy. Stay flexible. Stay creative. Stay excited. Stay curious. Keep stretching. Learn new things because it gets better. Love gets better. Sex gets better. And just the juiciness of it all gets better. A lot of people shut, so shut down and think, oh, I guess I'd better sit in my rocking chair and wait, wait till I die dead. You know, it's like, no! Yeah. It's Prepare like, yourself and let yourself get into the better, right? Let us enjoy the better. I love that. And start expressing who you are. Start doing what, what it is you came here to do. Start loving yourself enough to let it overflow because here's the cool thing. When you love yourself, that all flows over to other people. Mm -hmm. You don't love yourself, you have nothing to give. And here's what I found out because we are all about networking and meeting people. Mm -hmm. Go meet people to love them and provoke their blooming. Don't tell them what to do. Don't show them what to do. But you just go provoke their love, their blooming, and what's next for them. And you'll have a really happy life, and everything you want will just come to you. Mm, I love that. Scatter the sunshine to let other people grow. And then yeah. Yeah, the return. Wow, Yudana, this has been the most amazing I don't even know how long it's been, but thank you so much for just sharing your light, scattering your sunshine on all of us today because it's all you are. You radiate sunshine and love all over the place. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You. I, I kind of feel like you'll be back. You'll probably be a repeat guest. Yeah, we'll else. <laughs> yes, for sure. Awesome. The work is amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank all right. You. Have a beautiful rest of your whole weekend. And yeah, well, until next time. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Dare to find your voice. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, 
covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. This is the EWN Podcast Network.